And here we thought the elimination of Golden Goal meant less heartbreak for IU men's soccer. You are Locked On Hoosiers, your daily podcast on the Indiana Hoosiers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Thank you for joining us live. If you are doing so, this is Locked On Hoosiers, your one and only daily one-stop shop for everything IU Athletics. I'm your host, as always, Jacob Brood. You can excuse me if I sound a little bit more somber today. Um, I'm coming to you, as I said, live on YouTube after IU falls to Syracuse on penalties in the national title game. Oh, what a what a spectacle that was. We're going to get into that here in a minute. First, this episode of Locked on Hoosiers is brought to you by Sling TV. Sling has something for everyone, especially when it comes to college football coverage with a massive lineup of games across the ACC, Big Ten, Pac-12, and SEC. I can always catch the games I want on Sling, and now you can too. Check out Sling TV now to see the massive, li- massive lineup of games. They have all bowl season. Sling the TV you love for a price you'll love. Try it today. Fortunately, one thing I did not love was how how Monday's game played out. Just a, a gut punch of a game. For those of you that missed it, you missed a barn burner. You missed an exciting one. Syracuse wins 7-6 in penalties. Um, it was 2-2 after extra time, a back-and-forth game. And look, I, I'm sure a lot of you have been watching the World Cup and have um, seen the the spectacle that it is at times, but it's a lot more fun to watch a penalty shootout when one of your teams, when the fate of one of your teams does not lie in the wake of it. It's an especially cruel way to end a game, uh, especially a national title game. I mean, I don't know what the solution is. I don't know if it's as simple as just keep playing overtimes until somebody scores. That doesn't feel right. But to see how those two teams played for 110 minutes on Monday night and then to have everything boil down to penalty kicks that featured a lot of guys that weren't even on the field which isn't a, anything disparaging to them, but it just it feels like a so – I saw somebody on Twitter describe it as a carnival game that you're basically deciding this on. Obviously, this is going to sound sour grapes after we lost. I wrote that. I was writing uh, notes out before the – or during the penalty shootout. I wrote that it's an awful way to settle a game. It's a great spectacle. It's awesome for neutral fans and for um, – Fans not invested in one of the teams, it's fun to watch, but awful, awful way if you are involved in it. It was it was it was back and forth. Uh Wintonbrink stepped up, knocked down the first one for the Hoosiers. Carson Hinderlong, who did not play in the game, took the second one and missed, but or it was saved, and then Syracuse's next penalty was saved, and then it was just 
a slew of Indiana's best players. I don't know how they decide the order. I It ultimately didn't matter. There's not going to be many times you make six penalties and don't win a national title. Uh, but Mahalik Sarver and Mayer all went up and buried penalties for IU. Then, after those five, is where you're getting into guys who were not your first choice. And that's where things can get interesting. Luca Bezzera, younger brother of Victor Bezzera, Stepped up, scored, put it into the bottom corner. Uh, the keeper guessed the right way, but location, location, location. Um, he put it into the bottom corner where it could not be saved. Syracuse answers. Uh, Quentin Helmer, another player who did not play, comes up, scores the penalty. Again, location, 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 bottom corner. After that is where it it looked like IU had won. Levante Johnson, one of Syracuse's best players, walks up, hits it off the underside of the crossbar, off the grass, and into the goal. They showed a brief shot after the game, for those of you that still had it on, of IU players running to celebrate. They didn't show what it was in reaction to. I'm guessing it was that goal or that shot because – I thought IU had won. Everybody, Levante Johnson probably thought IU had won. It goes in. Gumbale comes up and honestly was not a great penalty. Uh, Didn't hit it hard. Didn't hit it close to a post. It was saved. And then Sinclair, uh, their captain, uh, comes up for Syracuse. An unsavable penalty on that one. Puts it high into the roof of the net. Harms guessed the right way. He wasn't getting a fingertip on that. He wouldn't have stopped it even if he did. That was a, a great penalty. And just like that, Syracuse's national champions after IU controlled <laughs> a lot of that game. They, they were thoroughly outplayed in the first half. They controlled the game for the second half and extra time. It uh, it didn't matter. They didn't get. They got one goal to level the game. They did not get a second. It it's hard to overstate how not just cruel the penalties are, how unlucky Indiana feels, which is a wild thing to say, considering we're probably the best soccer program in the country. We have eight national titles. The quest for nine has been going forever. But here's a tweet from Galen Clavio, a professor at IU, I'm sure a lot of you know, uh, director of IU Sports Media. Here are the last seven seasons, how they've ended for IU. Lose on Golden Goal in the Sweet 16. Lose on in 2016. 2017, lose on Golden Goal to Stanford in the title game. 2018, you lose in the College Cup semifinal. 2019, you lose on a golden goal in Sweet 16. 2020, you lose on a golden goal to Marshall in the title game. 2021, you lose on a golden goal in the Sweet 16. They got rid of golden goal this season. That was a celebratory thing. We can't lose on golden goal this year. We lose on penalties 7-6 to six in the title game. It feels like a cruel joke being played by the soccer gods on this one. Um, I, it's again, we are the best program in men's soccer 
and also we are a couple of bounces in those golden goal national title games and a couple bounces tonight. If Levante Johnson shot doesn't bounce back into the net, you're looking at IU having a dozen titles instead of eight. Like it's such wild fine margins and just cruel luck Indiana's had that um, it, this one stings maybe not as much as some of other ones. Uh, this was not a team that, I mean, for much, we didn't talk about them for much of the season. They were a good, not great team. And they put things together by the start of the tournament and went on a crazy run and nearly pulled it off. They hadn't allowed a goal until tonight and they rode the wave as long as they could on most in most seasons in most years, it would have probably been enough, but on Monday it was not. We'll talk about the game, the adjustments, everything that wasn't the penalty shootout uh, here in just a moment. First guys, Let's talk about Omaha Steaks uh, because this is insane. Omaha Steaks has cut prices 50% site-wide to make the gift gi- to make you the gift-giving hero. Uh, the holidays are here. Achieve, achieve gifting greatness when you give the gift of perfectly aged, tender, and delicious Omaha Steaks. There's nothing better than sitting down at a table with a perfectly cooked, perfect cut of steak. You always remember that. You guys can be responsible for those memories for someone this holiday season because Omaha Steaks is a gift from the heart, a gift that will be remembered with every unforgettable bite. Order with complete confidence today, knowing you're ordering the very best. Visit omahasteaks.com. Take advantage of 50% off site-wide. Plus, use promo code Locked On at checkout to get an extra $40 off your order. You're getting half off plus $40 off. There's no reason for you guys not to head over there. Minimum order may be required. Big thanks to you guys for making Locked on Hoosiers your first listen every day or maybe your last listen if you're tuning in on Monday night. Uh, For your second listen, check out Locked on Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insight. Only Locked On can provide Locked On Sports Today, available on this app, YouTube, or wherever you guys get podcasts. Let's talk about the game as a whole, a game that had a lot of ebbs and flows. There were times in this one where I thought Indiana had no shot, no shot at all at uh, at winning this game. I'll throw out that Omaha Steaks uh, logo because I forgot during the ad read for a bit, but Syracuse controlled that first half, despite the scoreboard, despite Indiana uh, having a goal. Indiana or Syracuse, excuse me, controlled that first half. They got the goal early on. Look, that goal from uh, Apoku. Wow, <laughs> wow. Uh, Indiana could have marked a little bit tighter, but he had. It was a nice turn, a nutmeg, a nice little move to create a little bit of space and then he curls one in top corner you it's like you can't there's some goals that feel like they can't be stopped uh indiana made a a couple mistakes on there we talked about this early on that there's fine margins that determine 
the national title game like this. We talked about it on yesterday's episode in reference to Friday when, you know, Tommy Mahalik has that goal from a tight angle that creates separation and kind of kills that game off. Apoku, those fine margins went in his way on that first goal. What a player he was on the night. And Indiana didn't really have much of an answer. It wasn't until a corner, a set piece, when Patrick McDonald scores improbably based on the the replays. It uh, it was a second ball he won and just kind of smacks it through the crowd. Everybody parted perfectly in his his uh, shot sails right through the crowd of people and into the back of the net, but it was a lead that lasted 90 seconds, I think. And because again, a Poku comes down this time on the wing, Indiana did a decent job of defending him again, but again, he's able to kind of create a little bit of space, just enough to lift in a cross that uh, Kurt Kolov was waiting in the center of the box he brings it down beautifully. IU wasn't there quick enough to mark or to close him down. And he just toe pokes it into the back of the net. That's all that shot needed. And it was 2-1 in Indiana again. They didn't look um they did not look a team that was going to get back into this. Throughout the remainder of the first half, it looked like they were just playing to halftime. I thought even early on into the second half it First couple of minutes, it didn't look like a lot had changed. That wasn't that wasn't true. Uh, Syracuse dominated that first half by really controlling the midfield, taking Indiana kind of out of it in that regards. They couldn't get the ball up to their forwards. It was a lot of long, hopeful passes, asking a lot of um, of Samuel Sarver, of, of Mahalik, of Gumbale to to create something out of nothing. I think that's why. I mean, Sarver was offside a lot on the night, really trying to stay on the toe, on his toes right on that back line to try to get a breakthrough because there wasn't a lot being created, at least in that first half. Otherwise, um, that was not the case in the second half because there were a couple tactical changes. I think the biggest one was Daniel Mooney stepping into the midfield more uh, out of the center or out of a uh, central defense, he stepped a bit more into the midfield, which is something that IU had done at times. This was a a legacy game, I guess, whatever the equivalent of that is uh, for Daniel Mooney, because he was absolutely superb. He was in that second half the difference maker for Indiana. And he helped them gain some leverage back in that midfield, which allowed Indiana to create more, which allowed Indiana to get on the front foot more. Syracuse dropped back. They didn't really look to attack in that second half. I don't know how much they wanted to try to see things out necessarily, but it went from them having 10 shots in the first half to five in the second half. Indiana was level with them on shots. And eventually in the not necessarily dying moments, but with about 11 minutes to go, Herbert Endley finally levels the score. Sarver pulls one back to the top of the box. Endley, all that man does is score absolutely enormous goals and ties this one. Indiana looked close at times to 
uh, getting the winner. And he was, or excuse me, I'm, I'm reading some quotes as they come through from JT Harms, who was absolutely, um, absolutely fantastic. And he, he made a couple of big saves in the extra times. More than anything, he made two saves in the second extra time period. Syracuse did have more shots. It didn't necessarily feel like they were more threatening. Indiana, they did everything they could to try to get a goal to, to avoid this one going to penalties, but ultimately um, they could not find that elusive third goal to win this one, to remove the need for the cruel spectacle that is penalties. And they go, uh, the two sides would obviously go to penalties and Syracuse would win. Just a real bummer. There's a number of guys who stepped up in a number of ways, both tonight, we mentioned Mooney, or in the season as a whole, Wittenbrink. He had moments that he was obviously the focus of, of defenses, the deeper end of the tournament we got. But he was fantastic this season and for much of the tournament. For a lot of guys, this was it. This was a, a team that had a lot of um, veterans on it. We'll take a look at, at the roster, some of the guys that will be back, some that won't. And we also have an update on Deshaun McCullough for those that might have missed it during the game itself. We'll talk about all that here in a moment. But let's talk about Built Bar. Our good friends over at Built Bar, they have three new reimagined flavors, cookie dough topper, coconut brownie bar, and coconut brownie topper. Everything Built Bar does is absolutely fantastic. This is going to be no exception. It's because every bar they make is uh, is made with 100% real chocolate. 17 grams of protein, 130 calories. They taste like a candy bar. There's been times where I've called them candy bars on the show, just talking about them. This is not your typical kind of nutrition bar or granola bar. Built Bar is a step above. The best part is all the flavors they have. On top of the new ones we just mentioned, uh, white chocolate peppermint, granola is another thing that they are offering they have the holiday flavors for you they have the traditional ones whatever it is you gotta try built bar head to the website today built.com and get 15 percent off your order right now by using the code locked on 15 this was a roster that had a lot of guys a lot of veteran contributors, and it's a little confusing with the COVID year, who is and isn't coming back, who uh, has an extra year of eligibility, things like that. Nick Sesic is one that will not be back. This was his COVID year. He was the only one who officially used his COVID year, I believe. Outside of that, it's a bit of a guessing game between who is available, who won't be, um, who has more eligibility. Indeli, Gumbale, Bibi, and Henderlong. We mentioned all of them, I think, during this podcast. All of them are technically seniors. I They may have another year of eligibility. 
Um, all of them, well, aside from Hinderlong, the rest of them played really big roles. BB was a part of that back line that was uh, unstoppable during the most of the tournament. Gumbale was a starter. Endeli, we saw tonight, scores big goals. Uh, so they will, I think all of them may have a decision. The same can be said for a number of redshirt seniors. Mooney, Wittenbrink, uh, Ben Yeagley in the midfield. All of those guys are redshirt seniors. Again, I'm not certain if they have um, a COVID year. I think most of them do. I'm not going to try to play a guessing game with whether they'll use it or not and and whatnot. We'll see who is and isn't back. But as you can tell, that was a lot of guys I mentioned that played really big roles this season. Guys like Sarver, Mahalik, uh, McDonald, all who played tonight, all who had huge roles throughout this game, throughout this season, they will all be back. All three of them are sophomores. Like there is a, a long way to go with those guys. JT Harms in net was a junior. Joey Mayer was a junior. They'll both be back. You have some guys that stepped up and, and made some really big kicks. Uh, Bezerra was just a freshman. Imagine not playing in the national title game and then stepping up as a freshman and burying a penalty. Uh, no, thank you. I don't want that type of pressure. Uh, but he is a freshman. We've seen with this program, it might take a while for guys to um, come along and, and eventually make an impact, but they do eventually, more often than not, by their senior year, have an impact. Quentin Helmer also had one of those penalties. He's a redshirt junior, so he'll be back. We'll see if he'll play a role next season. But we know with this IU team, it's as much reloading as anything else. Last season, it was interesting, the the amount they dipped into the transfer portal. Henderlong came from Xavier. Harms came from Duke. Jansen Miller was a defender that came from Xavier as well. Would be interesting to see if they do that again to replace some of these guys. Look, if you're a top guy in the transfer portal, and IU comes calling, I cannot imagine that you would want to go anywhere else if your end goal is to win a title. Because as much as we mentioned the last seven seasons and how heartbreaking they were, we were in the national title game three of those times. We were in the Sweet 16 three of those times. And we were in the College Cup one of those times. So for the last seven years, we've been in the College Cup. We'll see how much Yeagley relies on the transfer portal versus relying on kind of internal development. I don't know where this one stacks up in in terms of the most heartbreaking 2018. Really that team felt that, Oh, that one still stings. That was a team that had awesome vibes and a ton of future players to see them lose was heartbreaking. The Marshall loss was frustrating any golden goal national title game loss was this is a new kind of hurt to lose on penalties because you're living and dying with every kick. I don't want to experience it again. I don't know if the the quest for nine is cursed, uh, but it's certainly that number nine does not feel like a particularly favorable number right now. 
just some quotes from Yegley as we close out here that are being tweeted out from uh, Kevin Vieira, or excuse me, Vera, from trying to pull up his profile to make sure I attribute him correctly. Uh, the Hoosier Net and Indiana Rivals, he's uh, tweeting out quotes from Yegley. Quote, that was a war. Those kids were grinding on every play. It was a heavyweight fight to see who could break through. I, that was. That was adjustments, readjustments, counters, everything like that. Quote, we'll do everything we can to keep this program moving forward. Um, he Yegley thanked the seniors for getting this team to this stage. It's hard to keep doing that, and this team did it. Herbert Endley, quote, I would say my favorite part is how we grew, the bonding, and how much better we played since the start of the season. It's going to be tough since I'm a senior, uh, but there are memories that I will never forget. That sounds like somebody who may not be coming back. We'll see. It's tough. Uh, last thing, those of you might have missed it during the second half of added time or extra time. <laughs> if you're as nervous as I was, I almost missed it. But Deshaun McCullough did commit to Oklahoma. He was never coming back to Indiana. It's just kind of closing the book on, on that. It's tough. Uh, we talked about it when he entered the transfer portal last week. It's, it's the nature of IU football right now. And there's a lot of bigger picture problems with the, the program from the top up. And when I say top, I mean the athletic program. There's not a lot else to be said that I didn't say when, again, when he entered the portal, but he will be at Oklahoma next season. I'll be cheering for him as hard as I cheer for Michael Penix at uh, Washington. He's a great kid and someone that I hope sees a lot of success, but as long as Indiana football is in the state it's in, the best we're going to be able to do is develop kids and watch them leave for bigger programs. It's not fun, but hopefully IU can figure out how to turn things around there. Thanks again, guys, for making Locked on Hoosiers your first listen every day. Thanks again if you're joining us on the live stream. I want to try to do this more as we um, as the basketball season goes along. I want to try to do them more after basketball games. So if this is something you guys want to see more, subscribe. Let us know in the comments. Uh, follow us on Twitter so that you see when we do go live, all of that stuff. We'll be back with you tomorrow to talk, I believe, some women's basketball. Take a look at Mackenzie Holmes and Grace Berger as they start to move up the all-time rankings in various categories. We'll take a look at that. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. Like I said, follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Hoosiers. Subscribe, leave a rating and review, all of that great stuff. Most importantly, hope you all have a great Tuesday. Hope you all have a great Monday night. Try not to wallow in too much uh, self-pity after that one. We'll be back next season. We'll do it again with the uh, College Cup. But most importantly, guys, LEO.